0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on
1: 630 Chad.
0: And I'm excited to bring in this fellow as well. It is the producer of Oilers now on 630 Chad with Bob Stoffer, which you can hear from noon until two after anchor on 630 Chad afternoons with Jalen Nye and the voice of the Alberta junior hockey league shore park crusaders. It's Brendan Escott. Brendan, how you doing, man? I'm
2: doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I, <laughs> I think I got myself a little bit deeper into this whole LeBron's the best athlete of all time than I originally intended. But I'm going to make the case anyway because I, I genuinely feel that way.
0: All right. Well, we'll do that in a couple of minutes here. But... Uh... I want to talk about a couple other things here. Uh, first off, uh, I read the other day, and you're a Houston Texans fan. And I'm sorry; it's uh, it's a tough season, uh, man. AFC Championship game to way down the way down the mountainside, man. That's tough. But uh, Deshaun Watson, I read, is going to be uh, asked for his input on the new head coach. I think it's time. Are we, are we surprised? Or, or <laughs> No, yeah. not at this stage
2: of his career. You know what? They just paid the man, Dave, and with what happened in the off-season, I mean, this is no, this is no strange event for fans of the Edmonton Oilers and watching sort of how, you know, the the team was picked apart maybe from within. Uh, Bill O'Brien did that to the Texans roster. It really, all off season, and even though every step of the way, people were were grabbing their hair. Not just Texans fans. You got to imagine how much worse this was for me to watch. But everybody in the football world was sitting there puzzled. What is Bill O'Brien doing? You just squandered the best wide receiver in football. And it wasn't even that he traded them away, Dave. It's that they got nothing back. And that started to be yep. the, the track record for almost every single one of the trades that Bill O'Brien made. So, I think, yeah, it's it's absolutely time to involve the room more in this sort of a decision. And you have your franchise player. That's what held them back prior to this most recent era when they traded up and they drafted Watson. They had a great team with no quarterback. Now you've got a quarterback and the team is spinning its top so how do we figure out how to blend these things well when you've got a guy with the head on the shoulders like Deshaun Watson does it's time to start asking for input and if you don't think that Connor McDavid has a little something to say about things that go on
0: with the Oilers <laughs> I've got news for you <laughs> Yeah, and I do believe that you know as a Patriots fan, it's it's a big reason why I think Tom Brady left. Uh, it's, it's a number of reasons. It's twenty years. Um, you know, it's also a new challenge when he has two years left in his you know in his career supposedly because he wants to retire at forty five. But also, it's okay. You're not valuing my opinion anymore, and maybe they're getting tired of him. But when you're as young as Deshaun Watson and as good as Deshaun Watson is, you better listen to that man who has put up with a lot, losing his best target, then he loses his next best target, Will Fuller, then he loses, uh, I know Kenny Stills was waived um, and not picked up by anybody, but you know, that, this is a receiving core that is depleted that the New England Patriots might be proud of. That's my team, who don't really have one either. So, yeah, if if you have a franchise quarterback, you better listen to that man. If you have a franchise player, you better listen to that man. Which brings us to LeBron James, who is the franchise for so many years in the NBA, mm-hmm. broken at 18. He's, uh, what is it, 36 now, I think. 36 or 37. And, uh, He's a freak, man. Like, we've had Paul Sir, who's the executive director of Basketball Alberta and also um, runs the 3X3 programs for uh, Basketball Canada. Yeah, I remember one time he talked about being courtside at a workout, watching LeBron James do his thing, and he says, I cannot believe what a genetic freak this guy is and what he can do with uh, with his skill set and the body that that he possesses. So, all right, the floor is yours, and I was told you you want about three minutes, so... If you want to take the whole three, that's great. If you want to do it in less time, that's great. If you go over three, I might have to buzz you. But uh, Brendan Escott, the floor is yours. Why is LeBron James the greatest athlete of all time? Go. Let me state from the beginning. I don't even think that he's necessarily
2: the best basketball player, per se, of all time. Um, But I do think he is, as you mentioned, we've got somebody the... the, the, um, caliber i suppose of paul sir remarking on his his athletic build-up that's what i'm talking about i'm saying that if you put lebron james in the national football league instead of the nba he is the best edge rusher the nfl has seen since lawrence taylor okay and probably even better than that because he's got big powerful determined Strong and agile, and I just don't think that there's a case to be made against somebody with the stature of LeBron James. Who, it's, again, I say, if you put him, if you put him on a soccer field, Dave, I think you've got the best goalie. I, I think if you put him on the ice, you've got uh, a Victor Hedman-type defenseman. You know, and and some of that is the mentality, but genuinely speaking, you know, especially with contact sports, I don't necessarily like how he complains about the calls is not that's not what i'm saying i'm saying in terms of the dna in that man's body what he does to bring it to the peak performance how long it's been at that peak performance level and continues to be well into as you heard if you were listening uh, at the bottom or yeah the bottom of the hour there um it, it, this is this is nothing new for him you know so mm-hmm. i think that it's it's watching him perform this well late into his career dave has really shifted my mindset from man this guy has a lot to say and then complains a lot to I don't like that. I have to respect what he means, not only to, to basketball as you know, I think again, raw talent wise, he's probably better than Michael. Accomplishments. He is nowhere close to what Michael accomplished and never will. And that's where
0: I'm going to stand there too. But
2: yeah, LeBron James and any other sport, Dave, that's your
0: guy. Yeah. I I think you make a good argument. I think LeBron James um, uh, and I'm going to put this in basketball terms only, and I do think you make a lot of good points, but you know, when I compare him to Kobe Bryant and I compare him to Michael Jordan, uh, Michael Jordan was the best clutch performer, I think in NBA history and one of the best in sports because he knew the moment he knew what was required in the moment and he knew what he needed to do in that moment. And he delivered, uh, Kobe Bryant is just, I mean. Uh, incredible and when he and Shaq were broken up finally I think we saw the Kobe Bryant that he wanted us all to see is just wait till the fourth quarter and watch me take over he was you know when when he had he had Dwight Howard on the team and he had Steve Nash and I mean Steve Nash is one of the best distributors in NBA history and when Kobe wouldn't want to share the ball with that guy that kind of bothered me but Kobe was an excellent shooter but LeBron James is just overall the most powerful the most gifted the most athletic the most determined athlete I think I've ever seen uh, because the drive and the will and there's been a lot of crap gone you know s- thrown his way and a lot of it has been on him I mean the the decision show was ridiculous in 2010 <laughs> or 11 2010 I think exactly. Did you ever see a show? There's a show on ABC called Backstory. Um, did you, and uh, it's a former ESPN. Uh, and he might still work. I can't remember his name, but uh, he's a longtime reporter. He did a he did a, a show on uh, Serena Williams and the uh, incident with the chair umpire at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. That was great. And then he did a show on uh, Jim Gray and the decision with LeBron James and how LeBron really orchestrated that whole thing. I, I, have you ever seen that? I haven't. That sounds really interesting though. And I think
2: where my gripe with him has always been is just the maturity level. And I think that maybe underneath what I was saying earlier is just that we've sort of watched him grow up. He talked about, he entered the league at 18 before that, he was on the cover of sports illustrated already crowned the king before he even stepped into the league right so he's kind of he's always operated under the pretense that he's this great figure and and in a lot of ways I think that that's driven him to the great success that we've seen in his career but the entitlement and and that's that's where he really falls off a cliff when it comes to him and comparing him to certainly other great basketball players but other great athletes you know nobody has a bad word to say about Wayne Gretzky at all in terms of his person and there is no bad word that you can say about what he did out on the ice you know and, and so for LeBron the individual statistics and what he's been able to accomplish in you know, a decade and a half of basketball at the highest level at a time where there's never been more eyes on this league. Like that, that means something too, but because of all the extracurriculars, that's where people will say, Oh, well, what do you mean? Bo Jackson, you know, Deion Sanders. Okay. That's a great argument to be made too, but I'm not, (laughs) I just can't picture those other two guys being as versatile in my mind in every other sport, the way that
0: LeBron would be a cog to be used. Uh, Did you see uh, Jaromir Jagr today picking up an assist in a game? He's playing for Kladno in the Czech Republic. At 48 years old, he picked up an assist.
2: So is this his hometown team? Because my understanding is this is his 33rd season of professional hockey. Yeah. Like I, I'm 26 yeah. years old. The guy's been a pro longer than I've been breathing. You know, this is crazy <laughs> for me to see. I kind of wish. I kind of wish he was doing it in some capacity where we actually could still follow it somewhat. But I guess yeah. we're uh, we're gonna have to just stick to Twitter and, and sort of see what we can do there. But what a story! And there's another one, Dave. Like if there was anybody that was gonna challenge what Gretzky did accomplish on the ice, records-wise, if Yager didn't bugger off to the KHL, man, holy moly, could he have made a case.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Brendan Escott joining us here on uh, 630 Chat Inside Sports. Uh, And you made me feel old there, by the way, saying that you know 33 years compared (laughs) to your age, but that's okay. It's getting more and more of that feeling where I'm feeling old the older I get. Anyway, um, so we talked last night about the Western Hockey League delaying their start uh to who knows when there's going to be a board of governors meeting early in january uh, january 8th off, is off the table they're going to discuss a number of different scenarios about uh, a start date we know what they wanted to do and that's make regional play uh, or have the alberta teams play each other and then uh, saskatchewan manitoba bc and then the uh, then the american teams play each other but that is uh we don't know when it'll start like, maybe it's february who knows the alberta junior hockey league what's the latest buzz there
2: yeah, well, even uh, even less news than that. The last thing that I heard out of the league was that they had a planned board of governors meeting for uh, this upcoming Saturday, the 19th. And that was their reassessment period, because at that point, that was when the restrictions that had gone in... Um, <laughs> In the first set of, of most recent restrictions, I think, and they were going to reevaluate it after those had expired. But now, with what came in a couple weeks thereafter, where we're uh the whole province is sort of on hold until mid-January, um, probably going to be a lot of talk and a lot of work behind the scenes. The same way we're, we're sort of picking up on that from the NHL. But as far as a decision being made, I, I would imagine that we're still quite a ways off on that. And you know, the uh, I guess it's it's less taxing on a franchise when there's nobody you know there's not much activity there's not much coming and going per se Um, so you're not losing money but you're also not making money so the longer that this goes on you know there's some of these teams um, I don't even have anything that jumps to mind necessarily but this is going to put an interesting financial crunch more so than already was on these teams. If this gets pushed back, you know, even further into early February, mid-February, that kind of thing, which at this point, Dave, is looking like the most likely scenario, the most optimistic scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. You, you just, you just feel bad for the kids. You feel bad for those that are working in the league. The, the, the people who want to evaluate the league, uh, scout the league, uh, let's hope they can find a way back, uh, in early 2021. Brendan, you, you stated your case on LBJ. Thank you very much. Uh, always good to chat with you, my friend. Uh, take care. Okay. I never thought I'd have to do that.
2: Certainly not in the airwaves day, but I'm glad we got to do it together. Thanks for having me, man.
0: You betcha. It was the producer special as uh, the uh, producer of Oilers Now is Brendan Escott. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, heard from at noon until two. Brian Burke's on tomorrow. That'll be cool. Yeah. We always like when Brian Burke is on the air. And uh, of course, I'm the producer of this fine program and your guest host this week. Back with more in a moment.
1: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers.
0: Representing injured people in
1: Edmonton and across Alberta since
0: 1962. Al in on the greatest athlete of all time. Says no question, Jim Thorpe excelled at football, baseball, and also won an Olympic gold medal. You know, I think if, if uh, Bo Jackson was able to stay healthy, he was a two-sport athlete, and that's probably why he wasn't able to stay healthy with, uh, with the hip issues. But when he was on his game as a baseball player for the Kansas City Royals and as the running back for the Oakland Raiders, I believe they were in Oakland at the time. Anyway, the Raiders. wasn't sure. I'm not sure if they were in L.A. or Oakland at the time he played, but uh, no question, the, the most dominant running back probably in NFL history when he was healthy and one of the best pure hitters and outfielders in Major League Baseball history. I mean, he was an athletic freak, too. So if he was able to stay healthy, you know, you could state your case. But yeah, you know, if Yarmir Yager, like Brendan Escott said, if he was able to play in the NHL or if he chose to stay in the NHL and play till he's in his mid to late 40s, well, he's 48. He played for Cloud the today and got an assist. So, you know, ridiculous. 33 years of pro hockey. But yeah, he could have smashed some records as well. You know, you know, back to football, I mean, you think of Jerry Rice. So, yeah, really impressive. Baseball, it's kind of hard just because I don't think the sport demands as much compared to the other sports, you know, as far as the physicality. Although, again, Bo Jackson was incredible. Well, the uh, Harry Ainley Titans football team has been uh, a very good team for a long, long time. They were named by CanadianFootballCountdown.com as one of the 10 best high schools in Canada in the past decade. Brock Ralph, former CFL receiver here with the Evanston football team and has been with the Titans for the last seven years. We'll talk about why the Titans have been such a powerhouse in high school football, not only in this city, in this province, but in the country. That's next on Inside Sports. Campbell and for Wilkins. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by CAM LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. for Reed Wilkins tonight and for the rest of the week here on 630 Chet Inside Sports, Reed is back on Monday to uh, update or to recap uh, quickly the NHL story from today, Gary Bettman speaking and uh, basically saying that yes, mid January is still the target, although that is flexible. That's more of a, hopefully we will start and that hub cities are the bubbles that we saw in the Stanley Cup playoffs here in Edmonton and Toronto. Um, it's plan b the plan a is for teams to travel and play in their home arenas and obviously realignment's going to happen because there'll be a canadian division and three regionalized divisions in the u.s but uh, with the COVID cases spiking especially in the u.s and they are here but it's going and obviously the border issue is um, a big one as the canadian government will not and health authorities will not like the fact that, you know, the proposal of if there was a proposal of Canadian teams and American teams crossing the border. Um, so that's why we're having a Canadian division. But it does seem like bubble cities are being considered uh, significant or uh, very much now. Uh, it's gaining steam, and that Edmonton or Toronto would be one of the bubbles being used uh, for the Canadian division. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. Columbus, Las Vegas, the other bubbles being considered, other locations being considered as hubs. And it wouldn't be uh, like the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs where you had to stay there. I think you would play for a couple weeks, then you'd leave your bubble for a week to be with your family, then you go back into the bubble and play some more games. But then this is going to evolve over time. So this, this how they start will not be how they finish. CFL is hoping for a uh, 2021 season. I think it'll happen in some form. Uh, signings, uh, today, the Alouettes were busy. They signed quarterback Vernon Adams. He actually restructured his deal. Uh, and I think every quarterback in the league is probably going to have to restructure their deal as the money will be rolled back. Uh, I think significantly, uh, Adams contract runs through 2022, Eugene Lewis, their leading receiver from 2019 resigns as well, had a thousand, 1133 yards, uh, Tony Washington, former Edmonton football team, offensive lineman, uh, He signed a one-year deal as well, entering his 10th season. And uh, this individual, uh, he knows about CFL. He knows about winning. Uh, He won two great cups with the Edmonton football team and has won championships at the high school level with the Harry Ainley Titans. Uh, He's from Raymond, Alberta. He is a a legend in this province, especially southern Alberta. Uh, Brock Ralph uh, joins us from the offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans. Brock, it's nice to chat with you again. How are you doing? How's the family? good dave thanks appreciate the praise <laughs> yeah hey it's it's truth you know I, I i first burst on the scene and uh covering the edmonton football team in 2004 so i covered you that season and covered you in 05 and then you came back in 08 and then of course kept tabs on you as you were a bomber and a and a tiger cat uh it, it's been a strange year obviously with 2020 and with the virus and with the pandemic uh from a football perspective it's uh it's just been kind of turned on its ear this year, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: it's been tough, you know. But now I'm in the uh, high school world and uh, football, little um, way of thinking and hoping for these youngsters to get out and play. And it's it's tough, you know, as a fan, as a coach, and especially as players. Uh, you know, we all want to see. Uh, you know, everybody get back out on the field and uh, kind of just trying to patiently wait and hope that sooner than later here. Now, could you explain about
0: what you were able to do under the restrictions and the rules? Uh, you know, for example, we had Chris Morris on several times, head coach of the UVA Golden Bears, and they were able to hold a camp, but they weren't able to hold any games. But they were able to have, you know, I think he said three separate cohorts, that sort of thing. Was that similar with you with the Titans? Were you able to kind of get
1: on the field and do a, a little bit of work? Yeah, we did. We had uh, a series of practices and kind of a, a modified fall camp i guess it felt more like a spring camp um the fact that we didn't have games or any of that lined up but uh yeah i think we are one of the few teams in the province i think maybe the only team in the city that kind of found a way to just get out there and and form our cohort and uh, you know still trying to develop these guys and get them out there running around but trying to do it safely
0: how did you uh manage the uh because i'm sure you as coaches are like i just wish we could play games uh you know what it's like in training camp when you have to (laughs) battle your your teammates and you get sick of each other after what day three uh so how do you manage how do you manage the swing of emotions from a high school athlete and i mean these are kids and you know the emotions are raw and um, you know, it's fun to put the pads on and you know execute against your your own team, but you know it's it's not the same. So, how, how do you manage the? How were you able to manage the emotions, you and the and the staff?
1: Well, I mean, just knowing the situation at hand and that we only control so much. Um, yeah, I mean, we just we wanted to make the most of what we could and try not to focus on you know what we're missing out on but look as an opportunity to still get better and uh, enjoy each other's company uh we enjoy the game that we play but it, it, it's a mental struggle and you know obviously the kids they uh they look forward to game night you know more than the, the practices and uh you know so yeah, at the end of the day it just we looked at it is what it is and we were just happy to get out and modify some somewhere or another. Joined by Brock Ralph,
0: former receiver for the Edmonton Football Team, two-time Grey Cup champion, and the current offensive coordinator for the Harry Ainley Titans, joining us tonight on 6:30. Uh, Chad Inside Sports. So I noticed this earlier in the week. Uh, actually, Jerry Matajohn uh, tweeted it out from uh, Post Media, who does cover the Edmonton Football Team when uh, in season, out of season. Uh, CanadianFootballChat.com. I, I said countdown. Uh, it's CanadianFootballChat.com, who over the last few years have uh, really built up their profile and. Covering uh, Canadian high school football, uh, they released their uh, CFC 50 All-Decade Top 10 Schools, and two Calgary schools made the list: uh, St. Francis at four, Notre Dame at five, and Harry Ainley ninth on that list. Honorable mention to Raymond. Of course, you know that area very well. Uh, tell me about. I know it's you know it's just it's a website honor, but uh, it does speak to the. To the success of the program you've been there for seven years in various capacities i mean you're the oc now you were a head coach of the program before we've seen a provincial title a city championship um what have you seen out of this program for the last seven years
1: yeah well lucky you inherit a, a program that uh, had a lot going for it um you know athletics at harry ainley uh, have always been a priority and and when i played against them in high school you know specifically basketball uh you know that was years ago they to me were always that school out of Edmonton that uh again you know the kids really care about the sport uh, coaches that cared and uh you know certain expectations so you know it started long before I got here and that I guess we're talking a decade three years before I rolled in um Uh, You know, there was already some good teams that took the field, some championships won. Um, This year, Brian Anderson passed away, and I feel like I probably need to to mention him. You know, he was a guy who put in Mm -hmm. several years as a a teacher and a coach and eventually a city councilman, and uh, he lost his life a couple months ago. Um, But, you know, just another key in the foundation of... Uh, Ainley Athletics and and specifically the football program so um, you know there's the history there Um, we've tried to develop a culture of of winning and and having high expectations for our student athletes and uh, you know we've just been fortunate with a lot of good volunteer coaches so I mean it's it's something that uh, a lot would probably laugh at the fact that You know it's just high school football but again for me and and the coaches and the players it's very meaningful and and we want to keep it that way
0: yeah darius bowman's been one of those volunteer coaches over the years hasn't he yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned Brian. Uh, sorry, I'm glad you mentioned Brian Anderson because we uh, we did honor him uh, uh, when he passed away, and it was a really hard day because Brian uh, was an excellent uh, uh, sporting individual, coach, uh, and a great city councilor. And you know, whenever I talked to Brian, and it was only a few times, but um, I think the best quality is he listened.
1: He, he was a great listener and a great guy to have a conversation with you know when I'd roll into the basketball games, he was always the first guy that I'd look forward to to want to sit down beside and uh he was a great listener but I don't know if I know many better storytellers um the guy he had a memory and his stories were great he had a certain energy and passion that uh you know, I, I really enjoyed. So, yeah, to see how much he cared about it, you know, even after he was done coaching, like I said, he hardly ever missed a basketball game. And I know football as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's missed. And, um, you know, we're trying to carry on the tradition that him and many others have put forward. And, and back to the,
0: uh, the uh, success of the team as a whole, high school athletics... Um, and, well, you know, obviously we'll keep this to the football. Uh, but it, it happens in, in, in a lot of sports. I mean, it's, it's hard to find the level of success because recruiting is so much different up here compared to the U.S. where, like, there's a national stage for for high school basketball. There's a national stage for high school football. And I know it's getting better up here as we're showcasing, I think, more of a, of a you know, a national uh, level as far as who the best high school athletes are in basketball and in football, but it, it's not the same up here uh, from the recruiting standpoint. Or am I wrong? Has things kind of improved in that area over the years?
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely different from the states, and uh, you know now we're all in our catchment areas, so you know harry andy has been at capacity for the last several years so uh, you know you don't just pick your school in this city um, you have to go where your where your boundaries are and um, you know that's that makes it more difficult to to maybe get the athletes that you'd like to have or uh you know for athletes to pick where they'd like to play so it is a different system and uh you know like you mentioned i come from a small town where you go to school with the same guys from grade one to grade 12 um you know here here you do get a mix from different junior highs and such but uh you know at the end of the day it's however many you get until your your doors uh, are shut and the, the school is at capacity and, and then you're going to go with what you got. So, yeah.
0: Yep, yeah, you know, here you're curler, absolutely. Brock Ralph joining us, the offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans, who uh, were named by CanadianFootballChat.com as one of the 10 best schools of the past decade. Brock, also a uh, former Edmonton football team receiver, two time Grey Cup champion in 03 and 05. Okay, one player we got a profile here, and uh, Dave Naylor of TSN wrote a great piece on him, Joe Ajo, who uh, you had for, I believe, a couple of years before he left, uh, helped you win. Uh, sit, uh, but provincial title, and city title, I believe. Um, from Brooks, f- a family immigrated there. From uh, uh, family immigrated there, April two thousand one. Five kids. Mom works at a meat packing plant. And here's a Joe, a Joe, who is this amazing athletic uh, individual from very early on. What do you remember about? Let's maybe go back to the beginning. What do you remember about meeting a Joe, a Joe? What What, what really struck you?
1: Yeah. Well. He was brought to my attention when he was in ninth grade and he was playing alberta uh football all star team uh coach greenslade tyler greenslade the head coach now of our program um brought my attention to him and, and he was playing down in lethbridge so i thought i should go get eyes on this kid as he was a, a guy that mentioned wanting to come up here and live with his aunt and uh so yeah, that, I mean, my first look at him was was on the football field, and I was instantly impressed. I mean, in a lot of ways, he looked like a, a man amongst boys. He was a couple inches taller, and had a wingspan, and a physicality, and you know, was able to track the ball like you know he was a couple of years older than he was. Um, so yeah, to see him on the field, I kind of thought, wow, that'd be a a fun guy to coach and work with and obviously him being a receiver i was hoping that i could share some things with him and anyways eventually met his his mother and his family in brooks Uh, took a drive from raymond one summer as again he expressed interest and uh, in his mind had a plan to come up here i wanted to talk with with mom and make sure that this was okay for a 15 year old to leave home and yeah, I mean when I when I first met him and saw him, Dave, he was uh his hands were, were mitts, um, you know, broad shoulders. You could tell he was still gonna grow. Um, he'd actually just come out of the shower and still had his towel on. I'm kinda looking going, Wow, you know, you just don't look like a grade nine kid but you know, just had something to him, you know, the, the charisma that he showed the confidence that he had a uh, very respectful kid um yeah we put together a plan to get him up here that that everyone felt good about and uh yeah, had the opportunity to work with him for two years here and like you said it's a great story that uh naylor wrote he's uh, now signed with clemson and got a bunch of times a true freshman and I have no doubt in my mind that a Joe, a Joe is going to be a guy that plays in the NFL, you know he's blessed to stay healthy um, this is a guy that will to me be somebody that we all from Edmonton know and, and you know we've been lucky in this Edmonton area with Hubbard and, and now a Joe, you know yeah, two high school guys that uh, have gone on and had success already obviously Hubbard, uh older and has more games logged but but this is Joe Joe he's he's special you know I sensed it early Uh, he just got better by the day he's an all-around athlete and uh, I mean even Dabo Sweeney you know just kind of shakes his head at the guy and the tools that he has so uh, it'll be fun to see see where he takes it and um, like I said we'll watch him play some big college football games but I have no doubt in four years or whatever, he'll be in
0: the NFL. Yeah, no question. And uh, two catches, 41 yards, but included in that 41 yards is a 35-yard touchdown that he scored in a game in early October. And uh, he won't play with him for very long, uh, but, you know, he can always say he played with the first overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence in the NFL. (laughs) Right, yep, yep. Right on. Brock, it was great to have you on the show. Nice to chat with you again. Uh, I hope you and the family are well, and uh, hopefully you're, uh, you're getting back on the field soon and you actually get to play a season. And from a CFL perspective, I really hope we get to see Jimmy Ralph do his thing, your brother, because I, I love watching him play. He's got dirt on his pants and his jersey all the time because he goes after every football that's thrown his way. Uh, but anyway, uh, all the best to you, okay? We'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Thanks a lot, Dave. Take care. That's Brock Ralph, the current offensive coordinator of the Harry Ainley Titans and former Edmonton football team receiver, Grey Cup champion in 03 and 05, also has played for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Harry Ainley Titans, named by CanadianFootballChat.com, a very fine uh, Canadian uh, football uh, publication online that has covered Canadian high school football so well over the last few years, uh, Put Harry Ainley ninth on the uh, all top 10 or the uh, top 10 all decade or the, the top 10 schools of the last decade of the uh, large schools. So that is pretty cool. Back to wrap up the show in a moment.
1: You're home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on, on 630 Shed.
0: So the uh, NHL news from today, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman uh, speaking at a video conference, via video conference, as part of the World Hockey Forum in Moscow, says that they are focused on a mid-January start, hopefully, obviously not going to play 82 games, and that, yes, bubble cities are being considered more now. And uh, discussions are ongoing behind the scenes and uh, whether they can start January 13th depends a lot on what COVID-19 is doing and what government officials and health officials say. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have newly hired Calgary Flames, former Edmonton Oilers goaltender Jason LaBarbera, who is the Flames goaltending coach. And look at this, he's the Canadian junior team goaltending coach as well. No pressure there. It's always the most hot-button issue going into Oro Junior. How's the goaltending going to be? But we'll uh, hear from Jason from the bubble inside uh, here in Edmonton. Also tomorrow, Jim Mullen of Football Canada. He's the president. Talk about this uh, proposal of having the Canadian Bowl, the Vanier Cup, and the Grey Cup played on the same weekend. And he doesn't know it yet, but Bob Stauffer is hopefully going to be on the show tomorrow as well. Studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. I'm Dave Campbell. Have a great evening. Good night.